Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show and Coach Elmore along with Roger Engel here and Coach coming off a exciting win over the Southside Panthers last uh, Friday night. Two weeks in a row they've been the heart stoppers. Yeah, um, I told our team right after the game I don't uh, I appreciate them making it exciting for the fans but I don't know if I can, <laughs> can take many more and it's been uh, I guess it's even more more difficult for me being more of an offensive guy because I, I feel uh, not helpless, but I, I feel like I'm just kind of standing there watching and cheering there the last two weeks and, and uh, relying on our defensive coaches and defensive players. And, and of course, we trust them and, and know they can do a good job, and they did. And um, uh, But it's a little bit of a, uh, as a head coach, a little bit of a helpless feeling because I'm, I'm not really calling anything that's going to change the game. I'm just uh, trusting our coaches and trusting our players. And, and, and for the second week in a row, like you said, they, they did score this week, and, and the thing we thought would have happened against uh, Scottsboro happened with Southside. They decided to go for two, and, uh, and they did, and, and uh, we made a big play, and Hunter Love got back there and, and uh, forced a bad pass, and, and we survived. So uh, it was uh, definitely more exciting than we all uh, thought it was going to be, and, um, you know, but, uh, again, proud of our kids and our coaches for you know, finding a way to win. You know, and, the two-point play is, uh, is obviously the biggest play in the game, and I commend our coaches and players because when they score, obviously they've got all the momentum. They've got all the momentum, and I think that was the right thing for them to do was to go for two, and uh, and we just made a, we made a big play. Coach uh, Coach Prater, Coach Varno had a good call. They they put Hunter in and sent him on a stunt, and uh, he got back there and and disrupted the pass. The guy was open, but. Uh, you can't you can't get the ball to him if you're getting hit on hit and put on your back and that's what happened and so uh, big play by by our defensive uh, players and coaches. Yeah, typically you think of Hunter on his offensive uh, heroics, but he just shot right through there the other night and he had no chance. Yeah, and we you know we talked about that in the Scottsboro game. He was standing beside me during the Scottsboro game and we had not really got to the point of the year where we felt like. We wanted to start playing him on defense, and he, he actually said to me that night, he said, do you want me in there? I said, well, we hadn't really practiced you. Well, last week we practiced him on defense, and uh, we, had a, we had a short yardage package that we had him on anyway um, on defense, and, and that wasn't the, the case there. They were in their base personnel, but we decided to go ahead and put him in their linebacker and send him on a stun, and, uh, and he got through. And, you know, you know like you said, he, he's a difference maker wherever he is and, uh, and uh, made a big play for us there when, when we needed it. Of course, we converted our own two-point conversion of our own. Yeah, and that was Hunter again. And that was, you know, you don't think, of course, I, I guess at the time I knew it was a big play, but you, then you look back after everything shaked out, that was the difference in the game because if we don't convert that, then all they got to do is they don't have to do anything. They, 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 when they scored, they would have won the game. So, um, so that was a big play, and that's something we'd kind of worked all year and just saved for the right moment and, and uh, you know, motion J.D. out of the backfield and uh, just direct snap it to Hunter. And uh, when, when J.D. gets out of the backfield, it took one of their defenders out, and, and so they got one less guy to, to defend, and Hunter did a good job of just uh, finding the right crease and putting his head down and, and getting the three yards that we needed. So that was, a, that was a huge play in the game as well. You could kind of tell through the progression of the game that it was going to be a close game, really. And, of course, we had Alex on the sideline. That really gave us an advantage. Yeah, once again, he he uh, he had a, a, a nice game for us. The kickoffs were huge, as usual, uh, pinning them back deep. And he had two big field goals in the first half. You know, and he had an opportunity. I know he was mad at himself there at the end. Of course, everybody in the stadium, I think, when, when it was 28-21 and, and uh, three minutes to go and uh, fourth down, you know, of course, you know, J.D. was, was begging me to go for it. He said, I, I can get it on the quarterback sneak. And, and said, I told J.D., he said, J.D., I know what you're saying. I said, but we got the best kicker in the country, and the smart thing to do is kick it. And we're going to kick it, and uh, he's going to make it, and we're going to go up 10. And, 
And, uh, you know, it was real windy, and he, I guess he just pushed it to air. I actually talked to the official about it Monday at a JV game. I said, I, tell me, because on film it looks like it's really close to being good. And um, I said, how, how far wide was it? And he said, well, Coach, it went right over the upright. And I said, well, That's I thought good, if it went it? over the upright, it was good. He goes, well, it went over the outside half of the upright. I'm like, golly, so we're talking about an inch, <laughs> basically. And uh, so he just barely missed it. I mean, you know, two inches inside to the left, it was good. And uh, – it happens, and he was disappointed, I know, but that obviously changed the whole outcome of the game, and they were able to come down there and make it exciting at the end. But, uh, but like you said, he had, a, he had another big game, had an onside kick. We didn't get nothing didn't get anything out of it, but uh, had a great onside kick there to start the second half. We'd seen that all week. I felt like that they continued to, uh, to kind of what we call bail. Their kickoff team was bailing uh, early, and, and he has that little Superman onside kick that he does, and uh, he kicks it himself, basically, and he did that uh, flawlessly and, and, and recovered it. And, Unfortunately, we couldn't do anything with it, but uh, but I still think momentum-wise, that was a good uh, good way to start the second half for sure. You think these folks are going to uh, look back at some of our previous games and be expecting that onside kick? Yeah, I don't. I told him yesterday at practice that I think the onside kick parade is probably over. I said if I'm, if I'm somebody else, uh, I'm going to put everybody. I'm going to tell them do not move until he kicks it because uh, he's either going to kick it in the end zone or he's going to onside kick it, and we're not letting him onside kick it. So I think. Uh, We'll have to get, obviously, find a way to get more creative if we get another one. But, uh, but you know, we were able to execute the two we got. And, and that, uh, if nothing else, it, it makes people think about it. And now, you know, uh, makes them have to prepare for it as well. So, but, uh, you know, like I said, just he did a good job. Another big punt had a 75 or 74-yard punt that kind of flipped the field completely. And because, um, and, you know, we were struggling on offense a lot. And, and he had to punt more than he probably know. I think he had four punts, which is, you know, I think we probably averaged one or maybe two punts a game. And he had four the other night. And, and all four of them were, were – were well executed, and like I said, the one that he had down win was I think 75 yards, and uh, uh, and helped flip the field for us. Hunter again had his usual big night, and not only on the, the big defensive play, but just in offense. Also. Yeah, when I looked at the, the numbers on Saturday morning, I, I I guess I would have thought he would have had around 130 yards, maybe, because it felt like we struggled most of the night um, uh, to get him kind of loose until late there. But you end up having 190 yards on 30 carries, I think, and uh, so yeah, he really had a really good night. I mean, just I don't, for whatever reason, it seemed like they they stopped him more than than uh, uh, than we got going. But uh, he had some big runs. Obviously, he had a huge run there that uh, set up the last touchdown. Had about a 50-yarder uh, that broke it down inside their 10, and uh, he showed great he showed great speed there. That they had their guy hadn't had a really good angle on him, he would have scored there. He really broke away from them. Um, and then uh, had, had a couple of big runs that kind of go unnoticed sometimes. But, you know, we're backed up on our own two um, early third quarter. And uh, right, after that, right after they had scored, I guess, and uh, we, had a, we had a miscommunication on the, on the kickoff and, and, and the ball kind of went out of bounds. But um, anyway, he, he reels off about a 15-yard run there from the two. And that, so he had several runs like that. And had, you know, early in the game on the fourth and one, he, he had a big 15-yard run. So he had several big plays and, uh, you know, and had, of course, had the big touchdown catch. Uh, right there at the end of the half where uh, he kind of got lost. Uh, J.D. got to scrambling around, and, and uh, Hunter ended up in the back of the end zone by himself, and, and J.D. found him and threw it to him. So, yeah, another another big game by him, another big game by J.D. I thought J.D. played really well again. He had the one interception that he threw just he threw just a little bit upfield on Cam to try to throw a hitch to Cam, and he just missed about a yard to the right, and that, that's the difference in a completion and, a, and an interception on that play. And uh, so, you know, it happens, and – uh, but he had the Bucks that had the big touchdown. That did a great job, I thought, in the two-minute drill before the half. You know, we were struggling. It was it was uh, 14 to six, I guess, at the time, and um, they really had all the momentum. 
and he just took us right down the field, made several nice plays, we ran the ball a couple times, made a couple of nice throws to Cam, and then uh, found Hunter in the end zone on the scramble, and that, that was a big momentum change there to get it back to 14-13 at the half, and then, and then he had a big run there late in the game um, that we thought kind of sealed it, but uh, you know the field goal ended up being just, like I said, about an inch too wide to the right, but uh, he, he ran about a 50-yarder there late in the, on a, I guess it was first and 35. There's not, we, we joked about that in film. You don't have many uh, first and 35 calls on your play sheet, but uh, we, we ran that play and he broke about a 50 yarder and got the first down. And so uh, he, he continually plays hard, plays with a lot of passion and makes a lot of good plays for us. JD's mobility back there gave uh, the receivers on that scramble play a, a long time to be able to come free and that's a good advantage for us. Yeah, and he's getting better about um, scrambling and trying to keep his eyes downfield. I mean, that's a, that's a hard thing to do. Uh, a lot of times when you start to scramble, your immediate reaction is just to run. Uh, and that's not necessarily always the wrong thing to do, but as a quarterback, you want to see if you can still keep your eyes upfield because there may be somebody that gets free, and that's what happened on that play. I mean, Hunter just uh, got lost behind their defense, and uh, you know, he was able to flip it to him for a touchdown. You know, he was just barely behind the line of scrimmage, but he was behind. So, uh, but yeah, he, he's getting better and better at that. And, um, and like I said, for a windy night, um, uh, he threw the ball well. You know, we really kind of got off the, 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 the passing game, and I thought, after the interception, I thought maybe he was having a hard time throwing in the wind. And you go back and watch film, and that's what people don't understand. It, it, takes, it takes all 11 to execute a pass. I mean, sometimes I think it's all about the quarterback and the receiver. But, you know, we had a couple of times where we just didn't have very good protection. Uh, we, were, we were protecting, but the, the, our lineman was getting knocked back into kind of JD's throwing area. Uh, and it was what, what I call knocking him off his spot. He was having to slide left or slide right, and he wasn't able to stand in the pocket and make a nice throw. And, and, and that affected some of his throws, and we had some opportunities that we could have executed in the throw game that we were just a hair off on, and it wasn't his fault, it wasn't the receiver's fault, but it, you know, and it, we made that point to the team on Monday. That's why it takes everybody. You can't, you can't sit there and uh, when J.D. makes a, a great throw and, a, and we make a great catch, it's not just those two, you guys up front did it too. So we gotta have everybody on the same page and uh, doing their job and, and allowing us to be able to throw the ball, because we should have thrown it more, uh, but when we had some trouble you know, in early in the third quarter, we kind of went back to the run game and relied on that. We're able to we're able to survive and win, but we've got to be able to continue to throw the ball. Again, like we've said all year, throw it when we want to, not when we have to. That's going to be the key as we move forward. You know, it's kind of deceiving the wind-wise. We were looking and talking about that, and the flag wasn't mm -hmm. even moving. And up in the press box, we really wasn't getting any yeah. wind. Yeah, you could really yeah. feel it on the field. I've heard people, several people tell me that, but you could really feel it on the field, and you could tell especially on kicks and throws, and that's where you can really see the difference is that the ball really traveled downwind, obviously. And, um, and so I thought maybe it was affecting him. Looking back on it, I don't know that it affected him a whole lot, really, to be honest with you, but it was just it was us being a little bit off on our protection and him not being able to set his feet and throw like he wanted to throw uh, and having to throw a little bit off balance or a little bit on the run or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, what's the big deal? I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, when, you're, when, you, when the timing gets thrown off of your – uh, throwing game, whether it be a quarterback or receiver, it can really affect you, and I thought it affected us on Friday for sure. Well, with the win, we go to 6-1 and one on the season, but more importantly, probably 4-0 and oh in the region and secured at least the runner-up spot. Yeah, secured a chance to play for the region championship and uh, secured a chance, like you said, to, that uh, nobody really else can catch us for, for second. So basically, it's us in Oxford, and uh, no, no matter what happens this week with, with either one of us, uh, we're going to be playing uh, them, and the winner will be the region champ, and the loser will be the runner-up, and, and so that's an exciting thing for our for our players, and uh, we'll, we'll be ready for that night when it comes. And you know, obviously, we got we still got a big game this week with Pell City, but 
to know that that's you know kind of secured and and um, and you've got a home field playoff game at the, at the very worst secured. It's it's, an, it's a good feeling for our players, and I know they're excited because. You know, playing in the playoffs is great no matter what, but it, it's definitely more fun when you get to play at home, and uh, so they're excited about that opportunity. I feel like we really do have a good home advantage here at Wildcat Stadium. We seem to play better at home, and, uh, you know, uh, I think we always have, and I feel like we have the last couple of years, and um, so I think, it, I think it'll be, be good for us to be home, and, you know, just obviously you, you're, you've got, when you have better seating, uh, it's usually better matchups too, so uh, it, it's, important to, it's important to get those, one of those top two seeds, and, and, and we're going to do everything we can to get that top seed. I mean, we know we got the, we, you know, one of the best teams in the state coming in here in a couple of weeks, but, you know, we'll, we'll worry about that when that time comes. But, um, you know, I don't think these guys are, uh, you know, and again, it goes back to the start of the year. We kept all talking about that. I think that's why we played Briarwood and, and Gaston City, but to prepare them for uh, that opportunity. And, and hopefully those experiences will help us here in a couple of weeks uh, uh, when that time comes. Remind me who the one lost Oxford has. Who was that? Uh, to, to Thompson, who's probably the best team in the state. So, I mean, you know, they got a great team. and they, they beat Pleasant Grove, who's the, probably the best 5A team in the state, the second week. And, uh, and I guess really haven't been challenged since then. I think they've kind of, kind of ran away with everything else. Uh, beat Gadsden City pretty good uh, at their place. And, uh, but, you know, you, you can't, just like we talked about last week when we were playing Southside, you can't get into the score comparison game. Uh, if you do that, why do we play the game? I mean, you know, you can sit there and say, well, Gadsden beat us and they beat Gadsden, and we can't beat them. Well, uh, you could say that about a lot of games, but they still got to play the game. And so we're, we'll worry about that when it comes. But, uh, you know, I, it'll be a tremendous challenge. They're the defending state champs for a reason, and uh, they've still got a lot of people back off that team. And uh, uh, it'll, it'll be tough. But, but, again, like I told our players, I mean, Really, if you really say you're a, a true competitor and you want to you want to compete, then really you ought to be excited because you know you get to play the best and see where you are and, and uh, see what happens. With the history of Oxford, obviously there has a little be a little history of an intimidation factor there. How do you handle that? I think you just got to you got to show them the film and show show opportunities uh, for, to take advantage of their team and say you know they're 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 football players just like you are they're, they're accomplished football players and they've they've done great things and, and they've won a lot of games but they still make mistakes like you do and uh, they still make good plays like you do and um, at the end of the day you got to line up and play and you know whoever plays the best on that night's going to win the game and and uh, if it's them congratulations to them but if it's us it's going to be a great great night for us too so I, I think. You know, I think the good thing is, I think you know, the last time they came up here, and of course these kids were probably all uh, eighth and ninth graders at that time. But I think, that if I remember correctly, I was told that game went down to the wire. It was a game that uh, was really close, and uh, uh, we we almost pulled out. I think I guess not Coach Ellis's last year, maybe the year before. I can't remember how that how that was, but. Um, uh, but again, you, you know, you can all you got to do is do a little research and. There's games, whether it's high school football, you know, basketball, whatever it is, there's games everywhere where the team that's supposed to win doesn't win. And, and, and I'm sure everybody in the state will clearly pick them when that time comes, and that's fine. But our job's to, to line up and do the best we can and see what happens and, and uh, you know, not, not go ahead and concede the game before the game gets here. We're going to take a short break, then we'll come back and talk about this week's opponent as Fort Payne travels to Pell City. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969. They are located in Fort Payne, 
Rainsville, and Eider. They offer fast, friendly, and easy service, along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. They also offer debit and credit cards. They understand that banking can be stressful and want to give you the help that you need, just like family. They're honored to be members of our community and wish all teams a good and safe season. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. As the weather gets colder, Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors has you covered. We offer a wide selection of top name brands for the winter season, such as Patagonia, On, Barber, and many more. Shop for family, or maybe a little gift for yourself. We have something for her, him, and the kids. This winter season, shop Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors. Shop local. Open seven days a week, located on Fort Payne Main Street. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times-Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Owner Patrick Graham and publisher Trisha Dunn wish Fort Payne and DeKalb County teams a wonderful season. Hey friends, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City Used Cars in Fort Payne, Alabama. I uh, just want to tell everybody what a great inventory we have down here. We're looking forward to people coming down here and shopping with us. I've got any make or model you can think of. I've got Cadillac, I've got Mini Coopers, I've got Toyotas, I've got Nissan. Just got a bunch of vehicles down here. Listen, if you need financing, I got great financing up to 84 months through some of our banks. We've got great interest rates going right now. And I just want to invite everybody down here to come see us at Twin City. We're located at 1015 Golf Avenue South in beautiful downtown Fort Payne, Alabama. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com or just give us a call. 256-844-2210. Looking forward to seeing you guys down here. Welcome back to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show. And, Coach, this week we have to go on the road and go down to Pell City. Yeah, and, of course, uh, got some memories down there from a couple of years ago. That was the first game I coached at Fort Payne, and what an exciting game that was that night. And uh, uh, we took a lead in the fourth quarter. and looked like we had the game under control, and then they came back uh, with some big plays and uh, took it back 21-17. And 
and then we drove the length of the field and, and uh, had the ball on the 10-yard line, I guess, in the last couple of plays of the game, and the, and the clock ran out on us. And uh, so that was another you know exciting game uh, you know we've had here over the last two or three years. So it, it'll be uh, uh, that'll bring back memories when when we when we get back down there. But they. Uh, you know, they, it's been an interesting year for them because they are one of the teams in the state that has been affected by the by the COVID-19 stuff. They had to forfeit two games uh, here a couple of weeks ago and uh, uh, missed one of their non-region games versus Calera uh, and had to forfeit to ARAB uh, in a region game. So they were back last week for the first time in, I guess, three weeks um, against Springville and beat Springville. We beat Springville on the road. Kind of, it was the, the rain got there quicker than it got here. And they, they played on Friday like we did, and, and you could tell the uh, second half was pretty much pouring down rain in that game. And I don't know if that affected the game or not, but uh, you know, you know, their coach told me they, I think he, they literally got every player back on Wednesday. They've been practicing, but they didn't get them all back until Wednesday. So they basically had two days to prepare for the game and, and went over to Springville and won the game. So that there, they're definitely talented. Uh, they, they, there's no doubt that they can they can probably play with any team in our region. Um, they just kind of had a, a rough year because the COVID thing got them halfway through, and now they're kind of getting back started. But uh, uh, they're, they're as talented a team as we've seen. Uh, they, them and the uh, Southside played early in the year, and, and uh, Southside beat them, but it was a real close game, and I think Southside scored pretty late to beat them. And, uh, uh, and then, like I said, they they they, uh, they beat Springville last week. So we're going to have to be ready to play. And I, and I think the, the the motto or the the theme all week for us is quit worrying about or don't let people tell you well this game doesn't matter because it's easy to get into that. We kind of got into that a little bit last year at Coleman being a non-region game, and I just don't think mentally we were ready to play that night. And, and that's what we've kind of told them. You know, it, you know this game matters because it matters. They, they all matter, and they're keeping score. Uh, and regardless of it impacts the region standings or not. Uh, it's a chance to go play a game and get a win, and because of that, it should matter to you. And I think I, I think our team is a little bit more mature in that this year after having seen that. Uh, really, it's happened to us the last two years. We went down to Carver two years ago, and same thing. Game really didn't matter. Didn't play very well. Got beat. Uh, went over to Coleman last year. Uh, game didn't matter. Didn't play very well. Got beat. And so we're in the same situation again for the third year in a row, going on the road in a game that. Uh, as far as the standings go, will not matter at all for us. That matters for them. They could get in the playoffs with a win over us in Scottsboro, I think. So uh, it, will, it will matter for them. But uh, we, we've got to be ready to go. And, and, and like I told them this morning that, that when we got done with weights, you know, uh, the, the goal is to play better every week. I mean, that's what you should be doing. So regardless of who we're playing and what the game means, the goal is to go play better. And so that's what we're going to try to do. And um, if we do that, hopefully it will take care of everything else. Coach Sam, it's kind of like you'd rather – kind of have something really to play for, for it to really mean something. Yeah, and you know, you, you don't want every game every week to, to be like the last two, obviously, but uh, but at the same time, I think you need that edge. And I think, you know, especially with, with 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, you know, the last thing they need to hear from somebody is, is well, this game doesn't matter because uh, that can get them to relax. And I, we've tried to do a pretty good job this week of, of, of again, emphasizing it's about improvement and to beat Oxford or to beat somebody in the playoffs or to advance deep in the playoffs, the only way you do that is to improve on a weekly basis. And um, you, you can't afford to have a week where you, where you step back or you just don't play well. And so um, that's been the, the point of emphasis this week is this is a chance to improve. We, we saw things, we did some things better last week. Um, we did some things poorly. So we got to come back this week and we got to try to improve those things uh, and play better and, and see if we can keep, you know, because again, the goal is to be at your highest level 
a football when the playoffs hit, and that's what we're striving to get to. And um, and, and this is another step in the right direction, hopefully. You used the word edge. Yeah. The two games we had to begin the season, then these two close finishes the last yeah. couple of weeks. I would think that's probably giving us an edge. Yeah, I think we're, you know, I guess a lot of people use the word battle-tested. I, I would say we're, we're fairly battle-tested. We've played two good teams to open. Um, we, we've had, you know, we, and then, and then Etowah, non-region too, we've had three tough non-region opponents, um, to, uh, three very good teams. Um, and then the, the last two finishes last week, and, you know, really even the Etowah game obviously was really, really close with, with four or five minutes to go. We scored with three minutes to go to, uh, to push that to 14 points. So uh, we've had three games in a row that, you know, uh, with six minutes to go in the game, it's anybody's ball game. And so I think that's, that's helped our players, and it's given us confidence too because, you know, obviously when you win those games, you're starting to, uh, to believe in yourself a little more. And so um, hopefully that edge and, that, and being battle-tested will help us as we, as we move forward. Well, what can the folks expect to see out of Pell City? They runners, passers, what's their main focus? You know, they got two good running backs. Uh, the last week they, they really gave Springville some trouble. When they got in a, a two-back set with both those guys in the backfield at the same time and, um, and really kind of just went back and forth with them, uh, one right, one left, and, you know, one guy would be blocking for the other, and then the next play he'd be blocking for the other guy. And uh, David Keith and Quentin Hicks, I believe their name, number seven and 24, and, uh, number seven particularly had a really good game for him, and I think it was even uh, named player of the week down there in their area. Um, but he, he runs the ball really hard. He's big. He's physical. And, uh, you know, they've got a big offensive line. Uh, they always do, though. They had a big offensive line last year when they came up here. Uh, quarterback is new this year and uh, I think is, is growing each week. But I think, again, same thing. The worst thing for a quarterback uh, is to be kind of rocking along there and all of a sudden your, your season gets cut down by two weeks. And so it's probably hurt him a little bit by losing those two weeks of playing. Uh, so they relied a little bit more on the running game last week. And again, uh, it was a windy, uh, rainy night down there in Springville, so that was probably part of it too. But uh, uh, they also have a good receiver, uh, number two, that, that, that the Kentrell Borden that, that can make some plays. He made a big play late in the game against Springville uh, to kind of ice that game. Um, and then defensively, they run, they run a 3-4 on defense. They, they kind of always have. Uh, they did that last year to us, but they also – Last year they mixed it up and ran a four-man front up here, but that was first game of the year. I don't know if they were just trying something different, but this year they've kind of been a three-four, and they've, they've always had a, as long as I've known Pell City, they've always had a big nose guard. They've always had a guy about 300 who goes right over your center, and so that'll be a challenge for us. They get the same thing this year, and uh, got a guy that uh, he may be the, the name Hall of Fame. Uh, Brilliance Swift is his name. Brilliant <laughs> Swift is one of their defensive ends. He's a good player, and. Uh, uh, and he plays like his name sounds. He, he does a lot of good things for them. And uh, so we're going to have to be, and they've got two really good safeties that um, uh, come downhill, make plays, and, and are tough to throw. And so we're going to have to be uh, efficient. And like I said, I mean, you look at the, their record and you think, well, they're, you know, whatever they are, I think they're two and five or something. But again, two of those were forfeits, so you can't really judge that. And then the other three games, uh, they lost to Oxford. Uh, they lost to uh, Leeds, who's always got a good program. Uh, and then they lost to Southside in a close game. So it's not like they are, you know, somebody that's not very good. They're, they're much better than their record would indicate. And uh, I think, I want to say they said this is their second home game coming up too. So that'll probably be a factor. The fact that they've, you know, it'll be exciting for them to be back at home playing football again. And so we're, like I said, we'll have to go down there and play really well and, um, and try to find a way to, to keep improving our team. We talked about Fort Payne having a good home field advantage. And from the past, going to Pell City, they really do a good job down there of the, yeah. the home team fans giving them the advantage. Yeah, and again, with, with them having just their second game, that's hard to believe you're, you're mid-October. And, and to say that you're playing your second home game is, is hard to believe. But when you have a couple of forfeits, that's what happens. And uh, so I'm sure they'll be excited to, 
to see their team back at home. And again, they had a big week, win last week. And, uh, and they're in a situation where they beat us and they beat Scottsboro, they got a chance to get in the playoffs. So I think it'll be uh, an opportunity for them. And um, you would think it'll be uh, pretty excited to have them back on their home field. And, uh, um, you know, and again, Fort Payne and Pell City have developed a little bit of a, I don't know, rivalry is the right word, but a little bit of a, a healthy competition the last few years. There have been some very, very close games. The one down there two years ago was obviously really close. Um, last year's game was close until the last uh, four or five minutes of the ball game. And, and then I guess uh, one of Coach Ellis's last years was the year we, we, we did the uh, hook and ladder, I guess, and, and beat them on the last play of the game. So, so there's been some uh, exciting games between Fort Payne and Pell City. So I, I expect another one, really, to be honest with you. I think it'll be another. I don't know if I can handle another one, but I'm expecting another <laughs> game. It's probably going to be pretty exciting Friday night. Well, uh, the Cats, uh, do we have anybody banged up or anybody might miss this week's game? Uh, not You know, Caden Holbrook had, had broken his wrist um, and played last week with a cast, and now they have uh, some, when he played in it, some things happened uh, unexpectedly, and now they, they feel like some, some bones kind of moved around, I guess, that uh, they weren't expecting. And so now he's going to have surgery Friday and, 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 and miss several weeks, possibly the rest of the season, not know, don't know for sure. So he'll be out, but other than him, other than him, we're, we're relatively healthy, especially we've got some guys that are still, you know, Eli Frazier played last year, last week with a, with a, a sore ankle, and, and he continues to, to, to treat that, it's not probably 100%, but for you know week eight, it's pretty close. Uh, but uh, but other than those usual nicks and bruises, and we think Brody Bruce uh, might possibly be back this week. If he's not back this week, we think it'll be next week. He's practiced all week, and he's looking like he's getting more uh, you know, closer back to where he was before. And uh, so it's good, been good to see him make a quick recovery. Found out we don't we really don't think we thought he had a uh, broken fibula at first, and I don't think that ever really was the case. Um, they just had a really bad. Uh, uh, I don't know what the official diagnosis was, but it, but it was an, an issue with his lower leg that he's now starting to kind of get over. So um, hopefully he'll be, you know, possibly able to play Friday. If not, like I said, I expect him to play the, the final two weeks and in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, you mentioned Eli a minute ago, and then you, you talked about their big guy over the center. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that might be a problem. Yeah, and I think, you know, like I said, he, Eli was probably 90% last Friday. He, he didn't play his greatest game, but he did. He definitely didn't hurt us at all. Um, but I think he's a lot uh, a lot more healthy this week. He's had a much better week of practice. And, you know, we had fall break, so we were able to give him some, uh, we practiced early on Tuesday morning and they got some time off Tuesday afternoon. So hopefully some of that's kind of helped, uh, if nothing else, kind of rejuvenated all of them and give them a little bit of time off and, and, and we should be maybe a little bit more ready to go by, by having a, a few extra hours off than, than the typical week where you, you know, practice to, Five or six o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon after going to school all day, we were able to go in the morning and, and they were they were home by twelve o'clock and, and able to kinda of relax for a little bit. So maybe that'll refresh us a little bit as we as we get ready to make this kind of late push. You mentioned earlier of uh, Hunter's thirty carries, hundred and ninety or so yards. Uh, is that about the limit of his carries right there, 30 in a game? I think last year he carried at 36 or 37 against Coleman maybe um, or somebody. I can't remember when it was. I mean, he can, you know, he can go more. I mean, especially as it gets later and it gets cooler, um, uh, he, he'll tell you he can carry at 50, and he probably can. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, like I told him, if you carry at 50, then we're not throwing it at all. And, and now they're all going to be loaded up in the, in the box and, and daring us to throw. So we've got to try to keep continue to find that balance. and. You know, again, I, we're, we tried to get Caden Dubose in the game a little bit more last week, and he got a couple carries, and we're going to continue to look to do that. Um, you know, Alex Akins is another guy that's capable of carrying the football for us. Uh, so we 
uh, are going to look for opportunities to get some other guys in the game, not necessarily to uh, rest him, but also to maybe just take a little bit of the load off of him uh, because, uh, you know, we still know we got a lot, lot more to play for here and, and uh, we want him as, as healthy as possible as we, as we enter the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, certainly he's a big cog, and we can't afford to be without Hunter. No, he's he's a big part of what we do, and uh, he would change things if he wasn't in there for sure. And he got a little bit uh, banged up after that long run um, uh, the other night. Got a little winning, kind of fell awkwardly too, and so that affected things there for a couple of plays. But um, uh, luckily, JD made a big run there to, to get the touchdown, uh, and uh, he was able to kind of catch his breath and during a timeout and was fine. But uh, uh, that's somebody will you know. You know, he, he's so big and so tough and so physical that you kind of sometimes assume that he'll never get hurt, but he obviously is just like any other player, and we gotta, we got to try to make sure we do a good job taking care of him and, and hopefully, uh, I don't, again, I don't want to say uh, limit his touches, but just be, uh, be more aware and, 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 and try to spread the wealth and, and, and not put everything on him, uh, you know, especially this week or, or probably uh, the last week of the season, week 10 as well. We, we say this every week, but J.D. each week keeps getting better and better. And it seems like when we come to those crunch situations where he can be a really important factor, he always comes through. Yeah, and he's, you know, what I like about him, and I've said it numerous times, is he, he loves to compete and, and he, loves, he, he loves to perform well. He, he has high expectations of himself. Uh, he expects to perform at a high level. And when you got a player like that that does not accept mediocre play, uh, out of out of himself, then then you've got a chance for a kid to be a pretty good player and, and somebody who gets better. And that's what's happened. He he just does not uh, he doesn't accept mediocre play out of him out of, out of him, and he wants to play well. And so when he makes mistakes, it it, it makes him mad. Uh, and he tries to do his best to fix them. And I think he's done a better job of that. And that doesn't mean he's going to be perfect. I mean, when you play that position, you know, it's like I tell him all the time. You you play the position where everybody in the stadium knows what you're supposed to do. Everybody knows exactly, or at least they think anyway, they think they know exactly what the quarterback should do. And so you're going to be under the microscope at all times. And uh, anytime, and like I said earlier about some of the throws we missed, you know, it's easy to sit there and say, well, he didn't throw it very good. Well, but when you really analyze the film, it's more than that. It's protection, it's other issues, or maybe it's a route or whatever it was. And so um, he understands that. He understands the eyes are on him. And, and, uh, but at the same time, he, he, wants, he wants that spotlight. And I think that's, that's the key on a quarterback. You, you, you've got some guys that, that say they want to be a quarterback, but they don't, they're not really necessarily willing to take the criticism and take the spotlight. And he is one that, that doesn't mind it and doesn't mind being in that, that, uh, uh, that arena, as they say. And, and uh, he welcomes it. And, and that's helped him improve you know, week to week. Typically, not one of those stereotypical quarterbacks. You wouldn't think at looking at him at least. No, he's not your he's not your six three you know pocket passer type guy. And I, and I think I even heard y'all say on the broadcast. You know, oh, Rich scrambled out there one time from Southside, and he slid down, and and then JD ran the next possession, and and, and Britt made the comment, "Well, I, I can assure you, JD's not going to slide," and, and he's not. I mean, I've, we've talked to him about being smart and getting on the ground, but he's. Uh, uh, he's just too uh, too competitive, and he's going he's going to try to fight for every yard he can, and that's what makes him so good. I mean, he he wouldn't be as good a player if he tried to slide or get down. He he knows he needs to fight for everything, and uh, and because of that, that's that's kind of helped him, and it wears off on the rest of the team. I think when the when your offensive team and really your entire team sees your quarterback out there uh, with no fear, playing as hard as he can play, it kind of motivates everybody else, and I think that's really what's kind of uh, been the character of this team is the fact that he's such a hard-nosed competitor. He kind of rubs off on everybody else. Well, good luck Friday night against the South, uh, start to say Southside again against Pale City, and hopefully we'll have a good crowd down there. But if you can't make it down, you can watch the game on the all FP, 
FPTV uh, sites on the internet and whatever. So, but I believe we'll have a big crowd. We always do. So, and that'll help. So for Coach Elmore, this is Roger Ingle saying, "Go Cats!" Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with hosts Roger Ingle, Britt Hass, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats!